0: You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click Donate. I'm torn when I watch the toil that it takes on my LGBTQ friends to to repeatedly explain these passages. Perhaps uh, perhaps I've been a little too silent. I haven't been silent in my affirmation, but I have been too silent maybe on on some of the ways that I arrive at, at that affirmation. This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome all of you listeners out there to episode 277 of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee might have to offer us today in our work of love, compassion, action, and justice. Our title this week is Calling Good Evil, and our feature text is Matthew 12, 33, Make a Tree Good and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. In the last month, in, in January, I spent the last two weekends in the company of, of LGBTQ Christian communities. And every time I spend time with communities like these, I'm deeply moved by their compassion, by their their insight, their their, their wisdom. The people I've met have always uh, failed to match the mischaracterization that homophobic, biphobic, and transphobic Christian communities assign to them. I, I walk away from from each experience in these communities with a, a deeper understanding of my own faith and, and what it means for me to to follow Jesus today in our work of love, compassion, action, and justice. And And during these visits last month, I bumped into a an old high school friend who I haven't e- haven't seen since since graduation. Uh, he told me the story of his sister, who is a a deeply Christian lesbian woman, who recently married the love of her life, who 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 was a pastor even. And and on the morning of her wedding, her mother sent her. Uh, a very ugly email. And and this mother, who had refused to attend the wedding, uh, wrote uh, this message to her daughter. She wrote, What you're doing today makes me want to go jump off a bridge. When I heard this story... I I sat there as I listened, I was just aghast. What is it about anti-LGBTQ Christianity that causes parents to to so deeply reject and shame even their own children? I I have yet to understand how a parent can reject their, their own child. But for many Christian parents, discovering their child is attracted to those of the same sex or identities with a different gender than the one on their their birth certificate, that experience begins their journey of discovering that everything their faith tradition has taught them of the LGBTQ community has been deeply misinformed at best or or intentionally maligning at worst. What they discover is that they were wrong. But but far more parents than than these, in these same faith traditions, they choose not to make this journey. Far more often, parents reject their own children in order to, to be faithful to their anti-LGBTQ faith. And religion, it can be a, a powerful source for for good in the world, but he can also be a a powerful force for the worst kinds of evil. And this week, I I want us to consider a story from the Gospels of Mark and Matthew, where Jesus was also mischaracterized and maligned. Jesus had strong words here for those who, who malign that which is holy, just, and good, and they call it evil. This is from Matthew 12, 24 through 36. It says, but when the Pharisees heard this, They said, It is only by Beelzebul, the the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your people drive them out? So then, they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then this kingdom of God has come upon you. Or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. So I tell you, every kind of sin and slander can be forgiven. But blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you you who are evil uh, say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken, for by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you'll be condemned. And and you could also check out uh, uh, what is believed to be an earlier version of this story in Mark 3, 23-29. Uh, through 29. It'd be well to, to go back and read that too. But in this story, Jesus teaches the principle of knowing a tree by its fruit. His, his community that he belonged to, they had ways to interpret their sacred text that could have given them ample basis to reject him uh, but there were also other ways to interpret those same texts that would have freed them to embrace him and and his life-giving teachings how do we know if our interpretations of our sacred text in any religion are moving in the right direction or the wrong direction jesus tells us in this story what is the fruit he asks what is the fruit of your interpretation if the tree is good its fruit will be good if the tree is bad its fruit will be bad a- a- as well while i was in in arizona last month a, a sincere questioner asked me uh, how i interpret uh, the bible's passages that that contemporary homophobic and biphobic Christians use to scare people away from from affirming LGBTQ people. And for a long time, I want to be honest here, I've refrained from debating these passages. Uh, A dear friend of mine calls such debates text hockey. Uh, I've also not wanted to to be another straight cisgender male getting airtime to speak on passages that LGBTQ people have been speaking and writing on for decades now. I didn't want to take up space when I believe that other voices needed to be heard right now, and, and yet I'm torn. I'm torn when I watch the toil that it takes on my LGBTQ friends to, to repeatedly explain these passages. Speaking about them doesn't have the same emotional cost for me as it does speaking about these passages for them, and, and perhaps I Perhaps I've been a little too silent. I haven't been silent in my affirmation, but I have been too silent maybe on, on some of the ways that I arrive at, at that affirmation. So this week and next, I want to amplify two voices on this topic. First is is the excellent work of Matthew Vines. He is a voice in the LGBTQ community that that Jesus followers, I believe, should be listening to right now. And the second is is James Burns. Brownson. He's a parent of a child in the LGBTQ community, and I want to share their work with you so that each of us can do our own homework. Each of us can put in the energy to, to read and to study and, and grapple before we ask someone in the Christian LGBTQ commu- community to, to answer questions that they've already answered multiple times in multiple ways. The, these discussions are not academic for them. They, they're, per, they, they're personally invested, and, and many are tired of, of continually arguing about their existence. They already exist, and, and, and they have callings to pursue. It's up to you how you respond. And with that said, I want to offer some help to those who are who are sincerely searching, like this, this gentleman I met in Arizona, uh, who are willing to to do their homework and, and, and are just wanting some direction. So Matthew Vines' book, God and the and the gay Christian, it's very readable. It's, it's not written for scholars, but for just the average person. And and Bronson's book, The Bible, Gender and Sexuality. It is it is the definitive work on affirming Christian theology presently. It, it played a significant role in my own journey of learning about uh, affirming theology. But as Vines reminds us, and this is from uh, the same book I just referenced, page 24, Christians did not change their minds about the solar system because they lost respect for their Christian forebears or for the authority of Scripture. They changed their minds because they were confronted with evidence their predecessors had never considered. And he also writes on page 38, the telescope didn't lead Christians to reject Scripture. It simply led them to clarify their understanding of Scripture. So certainly... There are multiple ways that texts can be interpreted. We must reach for the most life-giving choices when, when possible. And what are the fruits of, our, uh, of the interpretations that we choose? And we have to be honest about the fruit that is born from homophobic and biphobic theologies. We, we have to also be honest about the life-giving fruit of our Christian LGBTQ siblings, their affirming theology, the life-giving fruit of their affirming theology is something that we cannot afford to ignore. It's, it's this life-giving fruit that I am always in awe of when I, when I spend time in their communities. Jesus said it's one thing to mistake an evil thing uh, and call it good. It's quite another to label something that's holy, just, and good as evil. Jesus called the latter unpardonable and and that's something we should we should take very seriously so the next week we'll begin in the in the book of genesis and we'll progress through the text that Christians typically use to harm our LGBTQ friends, relatives, and neighbors. And each each text, I believe, is going to be well worth our time to explore. We're going to try to cover each of them in just one episode, and I'll give you references where you can uh, branch out from there and, and do your own homework once again. I, I'm so glad you're going to be joining us on this journey. It's going to be well worth uh, the investment of your time. In Matthew 12, 33, make a tree good, and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad, for a tree is recognized by its fruit. Heart group application this week. In your heart groups this week, discuss the meaning of these two words, intrinsic and imposed. Uh, number one, have you ever experienced imposed rules within a community, either religious or secular, you know, that, that are prohibiting actions that you knew had no negative intrinsic result? In other words, those actions were harmless and yet they were forbidden in that community. And then number two, have you ever experienced a lack of concern or acceptance or even encouragement of attitudes and actions within communities that you knew to intrinsically bring harm or to bear destructive fruit in other words it's the opposite of number 1 have have, have you experienced where where things that are destructive are are affirmed are, are or, or at least not spoken of and then number 3 discuss both of these experiences within your group this week? What are the differences between actions uh, to which are added imposed results, such as imposed penalties or affirmation, and actions that have their own intrinsically harmful or even intrinsically beneficial results? Is there a place, for imposed rules and consequences when they're properly associated with actual intrinsically destructive choices. Can imposed rules, though, be abused? Can they be misapplied in ways that that label things as bad or harmful that are actually good or at least neutral? What can your group learn from this discussion that you've engaged in, and how can your group become a a healthier community that bears life-giving fruit itself? How can your heart group community impact your larger community in in life-giving ways as well? Thank you for checking in with us this week. Again, I am so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're going to be journeying with us this week and next. And wherever you are today, keep living in love, compassion, action, and justice. Another world is possible. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week.